Welcome to Journaling with Nature, the podcast for those who want to turn curiosity into wonder, a pencil sketch into a rabbit hole of discovery, a moment of stillness into a life full of joy. I'm your host, Bethan Burton. Let's open the pages of our nature journals and explore this world together. Hello, this is episode 65. First thing I want to share with you is that this week, The Journaling with Nature podcast has just passed 50,000 all-time downloads. That feels like something really big and something to celebrate. And I want to thank you for being here and for helping to reach this milestone. I really didn't know what would happen after I started this podcast last year, whether it would be useful or interesting to someone. And so it really warms my heart to know that the episodes have been downloaded more than 50,000 times. It means so much that you're here with me, listening and supporting the show. Today's guest is Rafa Benjumea. Rafa is a biologist, ornithologist, educator and illustrator, as well as being a travel guide and birding guide, helping people to appreciate the beauty and significance of the birds in the Strait of Gibraltar. On top of all of this, Rafa has created his own business, bringing his love of nature and art together teaching others to develop their observational skills, curiosity, and creativity through nature journaling. During our conversation, Rafa talks all about his work studying raptor migration, how birds connect people and places, and how they can be used as a fantastic tool for education. Let's listen. Rafa, thank you so much for being here. I'm very, very excited to chat with you on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks to you, Bethany. For me, it's a pleasure to to be with you and talk about the nature journal education. So I always start my podcast by going back in history and talking about my guests and their nature experiences in childhood. Did you have nature in your childhood? Yeah, sure. I was interested in nature since I was uh, a kid. Yeah? When I was very, very small, I, I, want to, I was living out of the city um, and I always want to run on the flowers and looking for insects. And I know it was very interesting about what was happening in the, in the nature. No? That, that mm-hmm. As soon as you look to some places and at, at that moment, there were many lizards surrounding or I was pretty amazed about lizards and, and frogs and everything. So yeah, and, and, and with my parents, we used to go outside on holidays and always go, we went to the field. So yeah, it was a good moment to, to learn about nature. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And how about art? Was art a big part of your childhood? Some, I mean, most people have art, that freedom of art when they're children and then they maybe give up. And mm. some people don't give up. Did you have art always in your life or was there a period where it wasn't mm. part of your life? Yeah, that's true. It's something that happens when I, I teach some workshops or whatever. There are many people that they really like. Mm. But when they have uh, around 12, 15, they stop uh, uh, drawing or the art. For me, it wasn't the case. I was really enjoying I, I always enjoy it was like a, when I want to relax or escape or something I just take a paper and a pen and just draw whatever whatever I was when I was kid I I, I really like and I still do the comics 
and mm -hmm. I always was drawing like comic things or small uh, small drawings everywhere and even when I was studying and I always studying and, and drawing things you, if, <laughs> if I check or my on my notes were at the university even it was full <laughs> of drawings and everywhere and it was nice it, it was a good thing it was a good way to to learn and to study mm. when as soon as you draw uh, I don't know when you are studying biology you have many cases that you can draw a cell or a plant or whatever no? and you always remember it better than you write it down Yes, super useful. Why do you yeah. think that is? Why do you think drawing or committing something to paper is so useful for memory? I think because you pay more attention on the things and, mm. and you are doing two things. You are checking what you see and you are also drawing yes. it. So it's two times that you make like a double effort. Uh, and at the end, um, the thing that you make manually, I think you remember easily. So if I take my my journal, I can remember quite easy when I was drawing some flowers, some animal or whatever. And I remember just where I was thinking, what I was feeling or where I was and how was the weather. Uh, it, it's one of the best ways to study and to remember things. Yeah. So at university, you studied biology. Is that right? Can you tell me about your studies? Yeah, I was studying biology. Uh, I was a good a student in the high school because okay. I don't know, it was quite easy, but at the university it changed a bit because I, I was doing also sports and uh, cycling and things and, and I wasn't too much focused. And the, and the first years in the university, they are quite hard for me because they were like general things, you know, you, you learn uh, chemic, chemistry or physics and it wasn't things that I didn't like too much and when I don't like things, yeah, it's a bit tricky for me to study. Uh, <laughs> but as soon as I reached the, the third year, it was okay because and then I started to learn ecology that I really like and it's very interesting for me. Uh, I was studying zoology. I'm pretty amazed about about animals in general. Ethology. I like the behavior of the animals. Uh, and yes, and and then after the third and fourth year, it was I, I was better. I improved my uh, my level at the university, and then it was quite nice. And your career has, seems to have been really focused on birds and ornithology. Is that right? Yeah, but at the beginning, I have to say that I started my PhD with freshwater fish. So it was okay. totally different. That's yeah. very different. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was, when I was a student, I was collaborating with the department of the freshwater fish. And there was a, mm -hmm. a big uh, group that they were working with the freshwater fish. And, and I looked pretty nice. And also I enjoy a lot the, the field, the field work was very nice to go to the to the river and you you even you not only see fish but also insects and small mammals like others and and I was very interested and when I end up in my studies they offered me a PhD and I said well it's okay I can do it I really like and then I start with them and I did my, my studies there but after a few years I realized that there were not too many opportunities to find like a 
new projects and different things. And then I have a job offer to go to the Strait of Gibraltar. This is in the very south of Spain, uh, in, the, in the southern point of Europe. And we are very close to Africa. And they offered me to work with freshwater fish because I was specializing on that, but also in raptor migration. Raptor, the Strait of Gibraltar is a very important place for, for bird migration because all the birds that they were breeding in, in North Europe and in Europe, they go to Africa in our mm. winter and they, they look for the Strait of Gibraltar because we are only 14 kilometers from, from the Strait. And then I said, yeah, it's very, it's very good opportunity. And then I took it and, and, and after that, the, pro the fish project finished and then up and, and then there were no continuation. But with the raptor migration, there were more, many more projects and more money about that. And then I changed everything and I started to work with birds and especially with migration. And since then, well, it was in 2006, I think. Yeah, 2005, five, 2005, I, I started working with birds. And now I only, I, I discovered this nice group, how amazing how birds do, the behavior, migration, the breathing, everything. And then I, I, I always like to, to work with, with, with this group. Yeah. It must be amazing to follow the migrations each year there's something really cyclical and rhythmic about that mm. and to get to know these patterns and over many many years must be a really amazing thing yeah it's, it's for me it's one of the best thing of nature is the mm. one of the great events of nature how big population thousands and thousands of birds they they fly in the sky and cross the strait to to go to africa to survive and to continue uh, yeah, I, I, I was amazed by this uh, phenomenon. Uh, I discovered it like when I was volunteering in a, uh, for the government. They make volunteering for young people. And since the, first, the very first day, I was amazed about that. I really like also to draw with everything and to record of my sightings and, and dates. Also, migration is a good, uh, it's a good thing to study climate change. You can see if you make like a long project, a long-term project, you can you can see that the the migration is changing a bit, and sometimes mm. it's because of the climate change. What have you noticed? What what have been the differences that you've seen over time? Um, especially, in, it's very difficult because you need like a long, very long-term studies. Yes. Here, here in the Strait of Gibraltar, we have studies about 40 years old, and then uh, it's, uh, it's quite good time. And we have seen changes. For example, in, in born swallows, uh, when they were migrating in the 70s, they, they were later than now. Now they are living, sorry, they, they, they are later now. They are migrating mm -hmm. like uh, two weeks later than before. So it's a small change, only two weeks, but for a for a huge population of birds that yes. they all of them they change for two weeks, it means something. And maybe it's because there are more mosquitoes and it is warmer, and there are more mosquitoes or insects to it, so they don't need to go to Africa. So this is why they are they are being late. Yeah. And you've also done bird surveys and bird monitoring programs with local people in Senegal. And um, I'd love to hear more about that as well. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm involved in different projects. Uh, one of them is in Senegal. It's quite cool to go to, to Africa and discover yeah. new places, new landscapes, but the same birds. It's very, I, I really mm -hmm. like to see... Many people want to go to Africa just to see new species or tropical species. That is also nice. But I really enjoy to see our, our birds because they were born here but I really like to to see them in winter you know where you see here yeah. during the breeding season and now they change totally the the landscape and it's very interesting and I was working there with ospreys um, mm. the ospreys that they are breeding in Europe they spend the winter in, in Africa in, in Senegal is a good place and we were working in a small village it's a very nice project because uh, it's a small village in that it is inside of the national park so we work also with the people that, that they are very close to the birds and they see the mm -hmm. ospreys they see the osprey fishing and everything and then it's a good opportunity to to create links with people uh, and nature and, and birds is a good tool to, to use and, and you see how people when they discover the osprey and they know that they are coming really far away every winter and they are sur they are surprised when they see them fishing that is very impressive and then they are very proud to be in the national park and they want to protect it and conserve and, uh, and everything it's a nice project and people in Senegal they are very very nice and very friendly and they are always looking for nature mm. uh, it, it was good I, they learned but I learned much more than them I think <laughs> that's really special to see the birds in both locations the, the mm. summer home and then follow them almost to the winter home uh, uh, it reminds mm. me of something I have a friend who lives in California and she studied uh what we call mutton birds and mm -hmm. the mutton birds make their way from all the way over here. We have mutton birds. Mostly these ones fly from New Zealand and they, they cross the world. And so from, from all the way over here, they cross the world and they spend their time there in California. And it just felt like an amazing link that yeah. these birds can cross the world. And in some way it links us because even though we're on opposite sides, yeah, the birds, the birds link us. Yeah. It's crazy and, and it's good when you make this connection also with people, it's quite cool and then it's, it's a good thing to, to show to the people and to teach and to create some, yeah. uh, some conservation feelings about it and, and, and you also know that there are not your birds because people, people from Europe, for example, they say this, yes. they are my birds because they are breeding here. Yes. And they lay the eggs here. Uh, is our, they are our birds, but actually they spend like more time in Africa than in, than in, than in Europe. So maybe it's our birds, but also the birds from the people from Africa. And when you think on conservation, it's always it's always good thing to think about the wintering area and the breeding area. So it's, it, because if you protect the the species in the breeding areas it's okay but if you forget the wintering areas then you have a problem so yes yeah, it's, it's very good. yeah that's that's wonderful and also just collaboration between countries and and connections between people is super yeah. important with uh -huh. conservation efforts it's, it's basic eh? you, we needed to yeah. collaborate with everybody and know the what is happening one side and the other side no? it's, it's quite cool yeah 
I read about a conservation and environmental education project that you started, and my pronunciation is so terrible, but I'm going to say Educav. Educaves, yeah. Educaves. <laughs> Can you tell me about this, about helping teachers and students learn about birds and conservation? Yeah, Educaves <laughs> is like a, it's a Spanish word that makes bird and education. It's like a, mm. aves is birds. Okay. And edu is education. So we make we make a funny word like is <laughs> education through the the birds. Uh, yeah, it was nice that you found this project in. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I started this project in two thousand and nine with the local government of South Spain in Andalusia. Uh, it's a big region. It's, uh, there are nine provinces. Um, and I was working with uh, teachers so, and professors. So I teach teachers about birds, but not, not about conservation or, 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 how to, or the name of the birds. Just to, uh, I want to show them that the birds are a good uh, educational tool to teach in the classrooms. So it was totally different at the beginning. They, was a bit, they, they were a bit surprised, but as soon as they realized that it's a very good thing to teach, it's quite cool. So then I, don't, I, I have teachers from biology, of course, but also have teachers that they teach mathematics or mm. languages or history or whatever. And this is pretty cool because you can teach whatever you want with birds talking with birds. Uh, for the students, it's funny because birds are a, it's a new thing. They are nice, they, have, they are colorful, and they have these movements, they behavior, and then they are always interested. And if you teach well, uh, you can use the birds from the history, for example, from the language, or if you teach English, you can teach English with birds, like uh, the parts of a bird or the country where they move or whatever. And it was quite a successful project. I was working there since in 10 years, or, or, no, 15 years. Wow. It was a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, I have around, around 400 teachers working with me, and, and it was quite impressive, the, the results. And it was good because here, normally in Spain, the educational projects, they were focused on the students. That is okay, it's good. But if I spend one, only one day with the students, well, they have fun, they, they like it, and they are also not studying, they are avoiding the classes, so it's funny to go out <laughs> and see birds. But at the end, you are not really studying the things and connecting with the things. But if I teach teachers and then they work with the students, it's quite good because they can spend like a three months with them talking yes. with birds. And at the end, it was quite successful and I really, really like it. And now I'm, I'm trying to do the same in Georgia, so in Eastern Europe. We have a new project with another NGO. It's called BRC, Batumi Raptor Count. And we want to do the same in, in Georgia because it's a nice place for, for birds as well. Amazing. That sounds so good. So good to understand that you can teach anything through this, but also just to get young people inspired and looking for birds and out there outdoors mm. doing that stuff. Sounds so good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite impressive to see what they, what they do. Eh? They even 
can study politics with the person. Yeah. When the person yeah. moving, they, I have one group that they were studying the migration of uh, white stock, and in each country that they cross, they study the politics. So nice. it was quite nice because <laughs> they they saw all the the change from Germany, France, Spain, but also Morocco. Uh, Mauritania, Senegal, so it was quite nice. So it's, it's a good thing to connect uh, different things that they are totally disconnected in the in instance. That's amazing. Oh, so inspiring. Mm. So uh, among all the other research projects and teaching that you do, you are also a guide and you have guided people in the Strait of Gibraltar looking at birds there. I'd love for you to talk about your your guiding tours and mm. what people can expect to see and how they how they go. Yeah, this is another project that, that I start here because we saw that, that we have many, a lot of tourism, but mostly they go to the beach for the sun mm. and South Spain <laughs> is very popular for, for foreigners to go to the beach. But we have, uh, we are in, in, in one of the best spots for raptor or bird migration in general. And I wanted to show to the people what is happening here over your head when you are laying on the ground, on the yes. sand, and then you see thousands <laughs> of stars over your head. You say, "What?" Yeah. Uh, and and since 2013, I started to to guiding these uh, trips, uh, and it's doing well because we have a lot of nature here, and and people they are really, really they really like or when they see those huge groups flying, uh, when you show them the species and they learn why they come here or how they cross the strait or everything. And I do like uh, small groups, very, very small. So everything is very specialized and I'm focused on the clients and the customers. So it's not a big group, the big tour that mm -hmm. is a mess. So it's very, very, very nice to, to know also new people from everywhere. And yeah, so it's another part of my of my time. I work on that, especially during the migration in winter mm -hmm. and in autumn. Uh, sorry, in spring and autumn. Wow. And to add to all that, <laughs> you've started yeah. your business as an environmental educator teaching nature journaling. And this is a wonderful thing to do. And I'd love mm. for you to talk about, now my pronunciation again, Diarios de Naturaleza. Uh, it, was, it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, well, I, as I told you at the beginning, I was, I always liked drawing. I never stopped drawing mm. and drawing everywhere and anywhere. Uh, even when I was studying at the school, I was drawing in my tables. But kids, <laughs> kids don't do that, please. But I, I was... <laughs> drawing all the time my, my mother was crazy because I was drawing everywhere as well and it's, it's one of my passion and me, I, my other passion is nature so I was thinking a lot of time I would like to 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 use both things and, and mix in a in a in a in some way in a pro in a new project about that and uh, it was because of the COVID when we were under lockdown then I have a lot of time to think and to make. Uh, I, I was drawing a lot, like many people. Um, and then I said, well, why not? I can start, uh, like, uh, make it professionally and then some mm. project. And then I was checking 
I discovered John Muir Laws and all the White World Conference. Because in Spain, it's not very popular. There are some people that they, they do, like, uh, it's more art. People that they sure. make nice paintings about nature, but not the nature journal sketch. Um, I really like the idea and I say, wow, this is what, this is my thing. This is what I want. It's, it's yes. incredible that I can mix both things. And then I start to, uh, I start to, 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 to start the project uh, mm -hmm. two years ago. Uh, and it's going pretty well. I'm doing some workshops and, and teaching. Uh, it's nice also for as I work a lot in the high school with the teachers, they really like also the, the idea of teaching with the nature journal sketch. It's a good thing as well. Uh, and yeah, it's little by little, I am at the beginning, but yeah, it's, it's fun as well. So it's good. That's so good. And when you take people out on workshops and show them this is a way to do it, to be free with your, with your art, with your connection mm. to nature, how, how have people been responding? Yeah, this is, this is very nice that many people can come to the workshops. They, they really like drawing, but they are a bit scared because they, they are under pressure because someone is looking to your drawing and say, well, this is no, it's not good. This is very bad. This... And they think all the time that they are doing badly. Uh, and this is the best thing that they have to, to see, you know, that everything that you do it's okay, is what I tell yes. to them. No? If you write down a flower and the flower doesn't look like you like or you think you want to, what you want to do, no problem, make another one, do another one yes. and do it and do it again. Uh, and if you see that it's not very similar, you can write down some words and some other things that you can recognize what it is. Uh, and, after, and when they cross this, uh, they pass this, uh, scared or scared moment, then they start to enjoy. And when you forget, yes. like uh, you have to forget your final drawing, like uh, the products, forget it. Like uh, focus on the process, enjoy, have fun, and learn about nature. It's very sad, don't you think, that people, so many people, carry these fears and pressures mm. from the past or these ideas that they can't make art. I've had workshops where people are very, very stressed about mm. the, the idea of putting pen to paper. And it's a bit of a shame, but it is so fun to see people break through that and, and realize that they can, they can do it. Yeah, that's true. I, I think it's maybe because of our education, because you want to go to the school, you have to, to give, to, to give a rate, no? And, and you are always, uh, or to say like you have a grade or level or yes you're marked or you get a get a grade or something uh, mm -hmm. exactly and then they always think on that no i'm not doing well i'm going to not pass this exam or whatever yes. uh, and, but when they when they realize that nothing happens and you can draw whatever you want and it's always good then they have a lot of fun and they enjoy a lot and i am quite happy when i see that Mm -hmm. yeah. I saw online that you'd recently presented a workshop, an online nature journaling workshop to a group of teachers. And what you said before about teaching anything and everything using birds, 
I feel like it's the same with nature journaling. Do you find that you can teach any subject through nature journaling? Yeah, exactly. Everything that I learned in this project, Educaves, uh, I can use it with the nature journal sketch. And I, I, I recommend to everybody to do it. Uh, when I did this, uh, this talk online with uh, teachers from Spain and South America. And it was quite impressive that they, when they realized that the nature journal exists, and also it's an incredible thing to, to learn because you are using mathematics, you are using language, how to write, how to draw, how to see the colors. It's everything there. Eh? Uh, it's, it's quite cool. And then they, after that, they realized that they, they also can draw. So it was quite good because they were scared of drawing. And we yes. did some we did some tests and we uh, uh, and they really like I think this is also a good thing for teaching no? for all this high school yeah, even at the university I think yes. there is one signature that they had to be nature journal sketch. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love giving workshops and the first thing I often do is just do uh, blind contour drawings or some sort of warm up thing with people mm. and it gets them laughing and it gets them understanding that this is this can be silly and fun and joyful and it doesn't mm. have to be scary and that everybody can do it it's such a wonderful thing yeah exactly it's funny because when you do a workshop with kids you say you do you want to draw do you like to draw me and everybody say yeah i want to yeah, draw yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> but if you do with adults, they are scared yes. and they are yes, very small in the chair and they don't say anything. And it's what you say is very important. Like uh, the, the first thing is to draw, to warm your hand and to forget everything and, and forget the scared moments. Uh, and it's quite important because then they realize that it's just for fun. And... Yeah, I think we can learn a lot from kids, in fact, even just about being curious and being open to the world because children haven't learned, you know, to be closed in that way. And, you know, we as adults, we think we know the world. There's a tree, there's a shrub, there's a bird and kids don't have that. They're, They're more wide open and that's the mindset that we have that we cultivate in nature journaling is yeah. to be open and have the mind of a child and to know that everything is wondrous. And yeah, I think te- we can learn from kids about being free in art and also learn from them about yeah. having exactly. this openness. Yeah, exactly. That, that may, sometimes happens when you work with the adults and they say, hey, we, can, we are going to draw this tree and they draw the tree without watching the tree. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> because I know before that the tree is like that and that and that and then draw. Yes. But you say, but look, the tree maybe I don't know, it's not green because of the light, it's pink. But you yes. see pink, right? Draw the, the the tree pink. And then think why it's pink and uh, think about and um, and do some research and, and think like like a kid that like you say it's very important to learn. In, this, in that case, for from kids. <laughs> what are your favorite nature journaling materials? What do you take with you when you go out for a session? <laughs> I take very simple things, always uh, very light things that I can I can take with me everywhere, and I use in watercolors mostly. And then I have uh, this brush with the what's it called? This water. The water brush. The water brush. Yeah. 
and, and a pencil, and that's it. Yeah. Not, not too much. The, the ink makers as well, two of them. And, what is and it? The ink makers, basically. Oh, yeah. Um, ballpoint, uh, what do you call that? Um, fine liner. I call that a fine liner. Okay. Yeah, fine liner. Yeah. Two of yep. them, uh, and that's it. Not too much. Not too many. Yeah. It's good. I think we can get fussy about materials as well and it mm. it can stop you being in the moment yeah with the material i don't know you when you are home you bring many many things but yeah. at the end <laughs> you, you have to choose i i prefer to have like a two or three things for example for the brush with one brush for me it's okay then if yeah. i want to do something at home then i have different kind of brushes and things mm -mm. But to go to at field, I really like. I prefer to draw on the field um, with the, with this brush. It's, it's quite okay. Mm -mm. Actually, I don't feel that I'm an artist or whatever. I think that I like drawing and I enjoy. And with a few things for me, it's okay. I'm not very sophisticated about this. <laughs> I love that though. I think that that's when i it's interesting when i am looking at other people's pages or work on instagram or something like that you know there's a lot of perfectly rendered art there and i like it but it's to me i, I skim over it mm -hmm. and the stuff that i'm drawn to is the stuff that has more life that has less that's less perfect and mm -hmm. that has more energy and more vitality or something like that yeah exactly i also like that when and it happens when you go to the field and draw directly in the field it's more natural and it's yeah. more i don't know have more magic let's say because it's yes, the moment yes. and then you have everything and you don't have you don't think too much about your drawing but you are observing and, 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 and looking for new things and, and and want to to put it quickly in your paper so this is yes. why they are more real and more natural. Of course, it's not a, like a photography, but yeah, at the end, and if you complete that with the words and the numbers and your feelings as well, I really yes. like, I really like much more than a pretty drawing. And what I say in my workshops, as soon as you start to do that and you repeat again and again and again, your drawings start to be better and better. I always say that you have to keep your first drawings. Don't throw away because many people, no, it's too ugly and they destroy <laughs> you. No, don't do that. Keep it, keep it because maybe if you continue drawing in two months and three months, when you compare your drawing, you say, what, what impressive yes. change I did in my drawings and my skills. Eh? And it's yeah, that's quite, really it's good advice. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. So, you talk, mentioned words, pictures, and numbers, and this is a triad that we use in nature journaling. And often people are drawn to one or the other of these sort of languages. And I wonder if you're drawn mostly to the pictures or if words and numbers come easily to you. How do you mm. feel about bringing in all those three? I, well, I, I focus sometimes on the drawing, but I always keep in mind that they have to, to write and to make and to put the numbers. I, it's mm -hmm. very important I, because if not, you have to draw in and nothing else. There is no, mm -hmm. if you start to write then uh, behavior 
or how it's moving or what is happening in the surroundings or whatever is much important that your drawing is perfect um, and also numbers for i have seen that for people is in general it's difficult to to write down the numbers but it's a good thing because uh, the, to put the number had, uh, has an effect that you have to think about. You have to count, you have to look how many legs it has, or you have <laughs> to see how many flaps the bird do. And then they start to thinking, and then you have to discover, you discover patterns that they were, they were hidden unless you count. And I think yes. it's, it's pretty nice. And, and then you, are, you say, wow, it's amazing. I discovered that by myself. And then it's good to, to use numbers as well as much as possible. Yeah, it's a whole new layer, isn't it? It's a new layer of information, a new layer of understanding. Hmm. I always keep the numbers at the end. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, because people really want to draw. And they say, OK, yeah. but leave space to, to write. <laughs> And also when they are just relaxed and, and observing pretty well, you say, well, now you have to count eh? because maybe there are something hidden. And it's funny. It's, it's, I'm happy when I see the people just counting or trying to look for those patterns that are happening in the nature. Uh, yeah, it's quite cool. I wonder with all your birding training and research whether you're good at estimating numbers of birds flying across the sky. <laughs> Yeah, this is tricky, eh? but after yeah. over over 20 years counting birds, uh, <laughs> at the end you are pretty accurate. But, yeah. but uh, and some people, they are very amazed about the, oh, how would you do you that? It's impossible to count. Especially here, the Strait of Gibraltar is a good, is a good place because we have many white storks. The white storks, they fly in big groups that sometimes they mix when they are gliding and kettling. And they are really, really hard to count. And then you have to count and count again and wait. Oh, no, they are mixing. I have to start again and start again. Oh, wow. then it's a good training. And at the yes. end, <laughs> when you see a flock now, you see well, more or less there are 200, 300 or that's super cool I love that <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned about writing about feelings and for me that's a huge part of nature journaling yeah. it is just super important and I'm wondering about that for you about how the inner reflection comes through in your nature journal yeah I also think that is pretty important because it's, it's this link that you make with nature at the end because you can make a nice drawing, a nice writing, but if you put your feelings, you are like uh, in there, no? you are also there. Yes. there. You're not a, uh, only an observer, you are also part of it. And I think it's a good thing for remembering things, because when you've read your feeling, ah, oh, yeah, I remember that it was yes. even freezing or whatever, or that I was really enjoying this frog or this salamander. And then when you are part of it, you feel inside you, you, your conservation feelings are much stronger than this. You only know the names because, okay, I can, know, I, I can memorize many bird names, but I don't have a link with them. Then the conservation feelings are difficult. Uh, this is why I think that to put, I always say that you have to write down 
your feelings how you feel then that day or even the, mm. even it is totally different like uh, i'm sad today or i'm very happy because something happened in my life just write it down this is also yeah. a good journal for your life yeah that's powerful mm. and i also find that it's a very important part of it's a very important mindfulness practice for me like just being in nature there's something super powerful yeah. and stilling about that do you mm. find that too yeah yeah i realized that when you start drawing the time runs uh, and when you realize it happened two hours three hours and i, I didn't yeah. realize that that you have so focused on what are you watching and what are you drawing or writing then at the end of it, it's a perfect mindfulness. I, I, I used to make jokes with the people and I call it paintfulness. Because you're painting yes, a, I love it. A, <laughs> uh, and it's funny, but, but it's also true. It's a way of relax yeah. or forget everything because you forget your worries or your problems or everything in your re real life. But when you are drawing in the nature, you forget everything. You are inside this bubble in the, in the nature that you are totally immersed of it. And it's very mm -hmm. powerful, the nature journal, for, to do that. Eh? And it's quite easy. You don't have to do anything just to take your brush or your pencil and draw. Mm. So special. Yeah. You mentioned that you attended the Wild Wonder Nature Journal Conference and I wonder about that for you, how that was connecting with people all over the world and, you know, it's a powerful thing, don't you think, to, mm. to have teachers come together and to learn from each other and how was that for you? Yeah, for me it was really, really good and I, I'm, I'm really pleased that it was online because if mm -hmm. it wasn't online for me it could be almost impossible to, to attend. And then to discover there are so many people around the Nature Journal sketch. Uh, because here, as I told you before, in Spain, there are not many people that Now there are some people that when you start to check on Instagram or uh, you see people that they are doing more or less the same, and then you contact them and you talk with them. And, and it's, it's quite nice to see people with your same interest. Um, when they are, I, I discovered the White Wonder Conference, it was super cool to, to, to see how many people they are working all over the world and doing really nice things. I was learning a lot and I enjoyed it too much. I, it was a lot of fun, but so, so much that I want to do a, like a Spanish version of the conference here in Spain. We'll yes. see with time, but it would be very, very nice to show people what you can do and enjoy uh, doing the nature. Mm. Yeah, I think that's super important because at the moment, the majority of nature journal workshops and nature journal interactions seem to be mm. in English. And I think that spreading nature journaling in different languages is really, really important. So yeah. do it and I'll support you in whatever <laughs> way I can. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I would like. I would like. We will see. <laughs> I was. It, it was a good opportunity to to talk with people that probably you you would never talk with. And I was yes. in contact with Marley. What is mm -hmm. Marley Pfeiffer? Marley Pfeiffer, as he speaks Spanish perfectly. So they mm -hmm. say, yeah, please, yeah, we have to work on it and the Spanish movement of nature. Yes. 
I say, yeah, we, we have to do it. It's the way to collaborate and to do many, many things. I also contact with Esther Berboken that she did. Uh, she's yes. from she's in Netherlands Spain too. and mm -hmm. she's in Spain. So we did a workshop online together and it was quite cool to, to work with other people and to know what they are doing, to learn from them. It's, it's super cool. I would love for you to do a Spanish workshop for International Nature Journaling Week next year, if you would be yeah. interested. Well, of course, it would be super. It's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I would be very pleased, yeah. One thing that I have found so amazing about this way that nature journaling is developing online is seeing and connecting with nature in other places and a funny thing is happening is, is that I'm getting to know the birds, especially in um, mm. California or places that I interact with people very often. And also it reminds me to remember that my birds are super interesting because yeah. people from other places say, oh, wow, you have that in your backyard. And it reminds me, oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I forgot it. Yeah. <laughs> This is what happened usually, you know, that you are looking things everywhere and now that you can travel everywhere, more or less easy, you are always looking for strange birds. But when you look around, you, you discover that the, your place yes. is very rich and in any place you are, you have a special, special things. So it's nice. And here in the Strait of Gibraltar, yeah, it's, it's one of the best places for, for birds in Europe. So. It's, it's very nice to discover what you have here. Mm -mm. That's a special thing to yeah. be reminded that our nearby nature is is yeah. special. But even <laughs> even simple things like uh, I don't know for us here sparrows are very yes. simple things. But even the sparrow is quite cool to see what they do, the breeding season, how they mate, how they moving, and they are just in front of your window. And as, as soon as you look for some information on something, you see that the, the house sparrow in Europe is declining and something is happening. And then if you, if you don't realize that your birds are here and they are important, mm -hmm. then it's, it's complicated because, yeah, it's your birds, no? It's, uh, and also mm -hmm. when they are like... A, like you see like a basic bird normal bird for you even those birds have, can can have problems um, and they do now they this decline in the population in europe uh, and mainly is because of the insects so because insects mm. are also disappearing because of the intensive farming and, and all the things and then you connect different things your local birds with with your food, for example, then you think about where is me, my food coming? Ah, but maybe it's coming from the intensive farming that they are killing all the insects and they are killing my sparrows. And then you can change your mind and say, oh, yeah, I need to change my way of, of, of buying vegetables. No? And, things. and then you connect many, many different things that is very easy to, to do with the nature journal. You start to draw and then start to connect things that they are unconnected before. And yeah, it's, it's, it's very nice. Yeah, it opens up the mind in the most wonderful way, doesn't it? It helps mm. make connections with things you wouldn't have been thinking about otherwise. Mm, thank you. 
<laughs> what things have you been investigating in your nature journal lately? Uh, lately, I have been. I didn't draw too much because I'm focused on a project that I, I had to finish. But one of my last projects it was with the ants. I was Ooh. at field one day and I saw like a boom of uh, flying ants everywhere, and they were flying during five ten minutes, and I was covered by the by the ants. It oh. was quite nice. And as soon as they appear, then birds start to appear feeding oh. on the on the ants, like kestrels and small birds. And it, it was only ten minutes, eh? but it was ten minutes of non-stop things, things. And then they they went down to the ground, and they start to dig on the ground and to make holes. I never seen that before. I heard about the flying ants and how they spread and how they make the new tunnels. But I saw, I was very lucky, I, was very, I have a lot of luck to see them like digging and starting the tunnels. And then I am doing my, my pages of the Nature Journal about, about them. Yeah. That's amazing. Were they close to home? Yeah, they was just living. And they, I knew I was working in Tarifa. I am living in Tarifa and it's a small town that in 10 minutes you are in the countryside. Um, yeah. And then it, they were there. It was wet, and then uh, I have like a ten minutes from home. Mm-hmm. Wow, that sounds really amazing. <laughs> yeah. Rafa, it's been so so good to chat with you today. Thank you for sharing this time and your stories and your experiences. Uh, thanks to you, I think it was a really pleasure, and I'm very proud that you that you called me to to be here. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Rafa. I liked how he described using words, pictures and numbers and specifically how he said you can discover patterns that are hidden until you start to count. This is so true. I find that using numbers is the least natural of the three for me and that part of the challenge and the fun of using numbers is actually the treasure hunt of finding hidden patterns and searching for numbers in nature. I also liked how Rafa explained that when we start to go beyond objective observations and add our own feelings to our nature journals, we're no longer just an observer. We're part of nature. We're part of what's happening. My favorite quote of the episode is Rafa's description of the presence that we can find when just in the flow, in the moment of making art in nature and the term painfulness. (laughs) To learn more about Rafa and his work, you can visit his website and social media, and all the links are in the show notes for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.